Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. We've been doing what I call precious moments, you know, precious moments. And we talked about belonging. Jesus said, my sheep know me and I know them. They know my voice. No man can pluck them out of my hand. Boy, I love that scripture in John. Then last week we talked about the spirit of the gift of encouragement. There's nothing like being with people that always are talking up. I love people that talk up. Up is a great word. And tonight, the Lord has inspired me to preach on this. And I told somebody tonight, beginning before I came in, I said, you know, When I was a young man, thoughts like this never came across my mind. But now that I am down the road in this thing called ministry, 46 years of it, things like this peak my mind time and time again. I'm going to speak tonight on a peaceful mind. I have a word for this church, a peaceful mind, a peaceful mind. He can give us a peace that passes understanding. He really can. From the book of John. Chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world sees me no more. But ye see me. Because I live, you shall live also. Verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said to you, everything he said, the Holy Ghost reminds us again and again. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, Give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Everybody say, a peaceful mind. One of the most bizarre true stories to hit the news media in the 90s was a story of a girl named Tracy Lippard. She was a contestant destined for Miss Virginia Beauty Pageant. She had won the title of Miss Williamsburg, Virginia, and unfortunately... Tracy never made it to the Miss Virginia pageant. Instead, after crowning her successor as Miss Williamsburg, Tracy got in her car and drove 275 miles to Lewisburg, West Virginia. Her goal was to seek revenge against her boyfriend who had jilted her for another woman. She reportedly carried with her a 9mm semi-automatic pistol, a butcher knife, a pair of rubber gloves, a bottle of lighter fluid, and a claw hammer. And Ray Stevens, the old country singer, said, and a weed eater, a chicken, and a jar of peach preserves. (laughs) She went to do business. When she arrived at the home of her rival, she rang the doorbell, and the rival's father answered the door. And Tracy told him that her car had broken down, and she asked to use the phone. It was a ruse, of course. But once inside the house, she struck her rival's father with a hammer. It stunned him, but it didn't knock him out. 
Then she pulled a gun and attempted to shoot him. Little did she know that he was an ex-secret service agent. And at this point, his wife, a secret servant, service agent's wife, her rival's mother, joined the skirmish and the parents held the distraught, distraught Tracy until the police arrived. And after being arrested, the police questioned her as to why she would do such a terrible thing. And Tracy Lippard said she was motivated to seek revenge because she needed inner peace. That might be just outside the line of reason, if you know what I mean. I suspect that most of us long for some form of inner peace. Can you say amen to that? But hopefully we don't go to such desperate lengths to gain it. Still, we long for it. That's why John in 1427, favorite verse for so many people, Jesus said to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let me begin by asking an important question tonight, okay? First point. Do you have a peaceful mind? Let me ask that. Well, of course you say. Really? Do you really? Let me ask a second question. Is there anyone in this room who's a worrier? Don't show your hand. God, don't, don't admit it. <laughs> and don't, don't hold your hand up. Listen, if you're not a worrier, are you married to one? <laughs> one woman wrote in a national magazine to say that every year when she was a girl, it seemed her family would get on the highway a few miles out from home. And her mother would start wailing, oh my goodness, I think I left the iron home, on at home. And almost every year they would turn around and go back. But as far as she could recall, not once was the iron ever plugged in when they got back home. It seems her mom was dominated by fear that all her earthly possessions would disappear in a fire caused by her forgetfulness. That was a family ritual, she says, until I was about 14 years old, this woman was writing. And on that occasion, they were headed out of Chicago to Wisconsin for Lake Geneva. And sure enough, her mom gasped, I just know I left the iron on at home. She says this time her dad didn't say a word. He just pulled over on the shoulder of the road, got out, opened the trunk, and handed his wife the iron. That's funny. I don't care who you are. I can relate to that. I have a little OCD in me. Warriors are amazing. We really are. Has anyone ever worried about removing that little tag from a mattress? You can raise your hand on that one because I have. I got into a fight with my big brother one day over that one because he couldn't stand a tag on a, on a pillow. He couldn't stand a tag on a throw rug. He couldn't stand a tag on, on anything. He just ripped the tags off. And I said, you're going to go to jail. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, most of us have heard that we're not supposed to remove the tags from our mattresses because it violates some kind of law. In fact, many mattresses still have tags that say something like, it's unlawful 
to remove this tag. Have you seen those? Maybe you actually removed the tag from a mattress at some time in your life. And you live in fear that someday somebody's going to come and knock on your door. And when you open it, it's going to be a stranger. They're going to flash a badge, have a warrant to search your house. And they're going to be looking for missing mattress tags. It's amazing what we worry over, isn't it? Let me set your mind at ease. First of all, how would anyone ever know you removed the tag? I mean, besides someone from the NSA, that's the National Security Agency. And supposedly, they're only interested in terrorists, not missing mattress tags. And secondly, those tags are on those mattresses for your benefit, not for anybody else's. It shows that you're buying a new, never used, never been used product and to inform you about the contents that's in the mattress. Read it sometime. According to law, it's only unlawful to remove the tag prior to the sale and prior to delivery of the mattress to the consumer. Once you've purchased it, Go home tonight and have fun. You can rip off any tag off of any mattress you want to and say, hallelujah, I've ripped a tag off. I, I broke the law. I hope I've set your mind at ease about one thing. Those of you who go to great lengths to find something to worry about. Now, I've been frivolous. I know that. I've been frivolous. I've been, I've been, I've been frivolous on purpose. But I'm always amazed at the things people can find to worry about. One unknown poet put it this way. He worried about the weather. He worried about his health. He worried about his business. He worried about his wealth. She worried about the children. She worried about her clothes. She worried about the neighbors. She worried about her woes. They worried about their taxes. They worried about their pets. They worried about their future. They worried about their debts. They worried. They still worried. They worried, but alas, they worried about a lot of things that never came to pass. Here's the reason I mention this. There's a lot of folks, a lot of really nice folks, good Christian people, great people, who have come to church regularly, who worry the most. At least about trivial things. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's something to do with being super conscientious. And that's all right. I'm preaching now. I'm, I'm giving you an out. We among all people need to hear these words from the Lord. Peace. Say peace. peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. Amen. Amen. Let me say this. Jesus was preparing his disciples for living in a world without his physical presence. I'm fixing to preach now. See, these words were spoken by Christ on the day before his crucifixion. This was Maldi Thursday. In a matter of hours, the disciples would have their world flipped upside down and this was the night before Jesus went to the cross because tomorrow he was going to die. And he's trying his best to prepare them for the kind of challenges that they're going to face in life. After all, these men who are preparing to go to battle, they don't know it, but many of them will suffer horrible deaths because of their loyalty to Jesus. And they will need to be filled with the right stuff to face the challenges that they encounter. Am I getting close to where you're living right now? 
I don't know how you feel about the world that we live in, but we're going to need some peace in just a little while. Because there is an evil spirit in this world that's trying to take away every ounce of the peace of God that we have in our hearts. But Jesus, the night before he was crucified, said, come here, boys, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you some peace. He could have gave them gifts. He could have gave them his name to use. He could have gave them the Holy Ghost. He could have done a lot of stuff. He said, I'm going to give you some peace tonight because I know tomorrow is going to be a tough day. But I promise you, you got what it takes to go through the tough times because I'm going to give you peace in the midst of those tough times. Come on, clap your hands. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Peace. It wouldn't be a matter of simply remembering to unplug an iron or removing a tag from a mattress. It would be a gladiator pits and lines and swords and crosses. And Jesus said, peace, I'm going to leave you. Wow. Peace, I'm going to leave you. My peace, I give you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and be not afraid. Mm, mm, mm. You and I may not be facing the challenges that the disciples faced as quickly as they faced them. There may be no gladiator pits and no lions and no swords and no crosses right now. But we walk around burdened by many issues in life. Burdens like unsure about how we're going to pay the house payment. Let me preach to you and still save for your child's education. Burdens like concerned about the possible loss of your job or whether our children or grandchildren will even be able to find a job someday. We worry. Anxious about how we're going to make it without a loved one. Been there, done that. And parents wondering how to raise a G-rated child in an R-rated world. It's a worry. Whatever our issue is. Life happens, and when it does, it sometimes sends our world into a tailspin. But I put it on the board, and I want you to put it on your refrigerator. It is good to know that Jesus has already spoken peace into our situation. Everybody say, he's already spoken it. Everybody say, the word is alive today as it was when he spoke it. Everybody say, the word of God God is current, and he's already spoken to my heart. My peace I give, not as the world gives. I'm going to give you a peace that passes understanding. I don't want you to be afraid. Clap your hands and say, that's the God that speaks to me. I remember years ago, I... I'd come home from a funeral and I laid down across the bed and the words came to me, my grace is sufficient. I thought that was so unique that I heard those words, my grace is sufficient. And I, I got up and I, I went to my Bible and I, I had a little Bible like this. I've always had one little one like this around the house. I went and got my Bible and I found it, Second Corinthians 12 and 9. The Lord speaking directly to the Apostle Paul when he asked to be for the thorn of his flesh to be removed from him. And he asked three times, and the Lord finally said, just in a classic way, shut up, Paul, hush. I'm not going to take it away. He said it came on him because he had an abundance of revelation. And so 
The Lord said, I'm not going to take that away because I'd have to take some things else away if I took that away. There's some things, folks, you listen to me. There's some things in life that God's not going to take away. But I promise you, if he doesn't take some things away, he's going to give you enough grace and peace to walk with it. We don't live in a utopia. We live in a troubled world. And there's trouble on every side, and it's a cursed world. But I promise you, the child of God can walk through this thing with things in their body and things in their spirit. And it doesn't have to be on top of us. We can get on top of it because the peace of God and the grace of God are walking with us. Amen? And I promise you, I have walked with that word because... The word was red letter to Apostle Paul. And if it was red letter to the Apostle Paul who never really saw Jesus in the flesh, it's red letter to me. So I'm telling you the red letter that Jesus spoke to his disciples in John 14 the night before he died is red letter to me. I've got a peace in my trouble. I've got a peace in the time of storm. I know sometimes he calms the storm, but many times he calms the child in the storm. And you hear me, there's a peace that passes all understanding that people have in their life and in their heart. Clap your hands and say, that's the peace I want. That's what I want in my life. His word says that everything is working out for your well-being. Everybody say Romans 8, 28. Read it when you get home. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and all they're called according to his purpose. Wow, I feel this. Hopelessness sometimes makes us helpless because we see no way out. But when you add the peace of God, I know it's not jumping material, but it's so peaceful to know that his peace is in this house tonight. In South Dakota, the community of Spencer was once devastated by a horrific tornado. Six people were killed. It's history stories that I find. And many buildings were just blown away, completely destroyed, including a Lutheran church called St. Matthew's. And the day after the storm, the pastor of that church was walking with several of his members. And they was walking through the city, the little town, and just checking, checking it out to make sure that all their people was all right. And it was, it was an unbelievable sight because the grain elevator was twisted and fallen. The water tower had toppled and vehicles had been blown into trees and blown plumb out of the city. And then they walked up to the church and one kid screamed, there's the statue. There's Jesus. And even though his arms of plaster Paris was cracked and some things were messed up on him, there was Jesus standing with his arms open. The statue of Jesus. Now I'm not preaching statues, but I think it's a great thing to hear stories like this. But here's the story behind the story. There were two girls that were cleaning up their family's belongings down the street about two or three houses away. And they found some stuff that had blown from the church down to their neighbor, down to their family. And they was taking it back to the church. And they saw Christ. They saw the, the statue of Christ. Some of these small churches have them at the altar. And this Christ was laying down. And the girl said, it ain't good for the Christ of this church to be laid down. So those girls, two little teenage girls, picked it up and put it on a stand. It, wasn't, it, was, blown, it was blown down, but not put away. 
And they, they put it back on the stand. And, and, and all of a sudden, the, the church, the town, began to rejoice because Christ was standing. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes, even though he was damaged, he was standing. I think sometimes we, we miss our purpose as a church. Because our church is going to be windblown. It's going to be storm-tossed. We're going to have situations in our life. We're going to have things that we're going to worry about. And we're going to scratch our head and say, how are we going to figure this out? But our church's purpose in life is to raise up Jesus. We may fall down, but he can't fall down. We may stumble, but he's not going to stumble. When people walk in this house, oh, I want to preach right now. They need to feel Jesus. They need to see Jesus. They need to know Jesus. They need to understand that Jesus still lives in this house. Hallelujah. Somebody help me preach right now. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. We must keep the Lord resurrected for people in our city must be resurrected for people in our city. I feel like singing it. I don't want to sing a solo. I feel like singing tonight. I don't sing, do I? Because they don't let me sing. But I feel like singing tonight. Something like this. Peace, peace. Wonderful peace. Woo! Coming down from the Father above, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. Peace. Some of you old Pentecostals help me, my Lord. <laughs> Wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever. In fathomless billows of love, sweep over my spirit forever, I pray. In fathomless billows of love. Nothing, nothing like the peace of God. My third point, my final point, I told you I wouldn't be lengthy. Christ's peace will always be with us. Everybody say it's not going away. It's here to stay. Jesus said, I'll be with you always. Even to the end. 
I was riding with a couple of board members today. Went out and walked on some property. And uh, one of them and I had a beautiful conversation. He said, Pastor, I never, I never dreamed that, that we as a church would say, Lord, we sure would like for you to come. But we're living in an hour when there is such a graphic display of anti-God spirit. It's just unbelievable. And he said, Pastor, I've, I've been noticing, I've been saying, come Lord Jesus. Come. And I don't know, it doesn't matter how the Lord interprets that, but we need the Lord to come be with us. Church needs peace like it never has before. Families need peace like they never have had before. We need a peace that just people just can't understand. They just can't get it. They can't get it. They can't understand it. Peace that goes beyond anything we ever imagined. That's the kind of peace that we need. I have counsel with even my office staff and seen them cry and weep over family and over situation. And I've counseled with people and I, and I said, oh God, I just wish I could just, I just, I wish I could just step into your role. But I want you to know something. I want you to get this. It don't matter where you are in God. God's promises are for everybody. If you believe and trust in him, his promises are yea and amen for you. And he wants you. He wants you to feel that peace. He wants you to. His peace will always be with us. That's the greatest news you could ever hear. No matter what your circumstance. Some of you are concerned about your future. The future. With lifespans being dramatically extended, will you have enough financial resources to last to the end? A lot of you worry about that. Will your health hold up? Some of you are concerned about your children's future. A few of you are concerned about your parents' future welfare. Put it on the screen. The best thing about tomorrow is that tomorrow only comes one day at a time. Say it. The best thing about tomorrow is that tomorrow only comes one day at a time. And when tomorrow gets here, it's today. And he said, I will give you strength for the day. He never promised tomorrow, but he said, I'll give you strength for right now. Come on, don't let your tomorrows destroy your nows with God because the peace of God is with you. A scholar once surveyed the scripture to discover the most significant words in the Bible. He wanted to find the saddest word and the happiest word and the most emotional word. When he got around to the Bible's most dangerous word, he identified it as tomorrow, the most dangerous word in the Bible. He said the word tomorrow is a thief that robs dreamers of their dreams and the talented of their greatest achievements. That's what it is. It keeps men and women from coming to Christ and discovering the kind of life that God longs for them to have. The prince of preachers, Charles Hayden Spurgeon, agreed. He said, tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Alas, tomorrow never comes. It is in no calendar except the almanac of fools. Today is the day of salvation. The secret of abundant life is to entrust the future to God and to live fully today. He'll give us strength. I guess you've read the fable. If you're a reader like me, you've read the fable of the philosophical clock, which one day mediated or meditated its future. And it had just been bought and placed on a shelf in a large farmhouse room. 
And as soon as it was wound for the first time, it began to worry about all the work it had to do. It had to tick twice every second. Tick, 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 tick. It meant 120 ticks every minute, 7,200 ticks every hour, 172,800 every day. Each year it would tick 63,072,000 times, and in 10 years it would tick 630,720,000 times. These kind of numbers were too much for the clock's nervous system, and it passed out. But when it came to again, it had a flashing insight. The clock realized it only had to tick one tick at a time. Let me ask you, not 630 million, not even 63, just once. Can anybody here tick one time? Tick. Tick. Come on. Tick. Tick. Come on. Tick. Tick. Come on. Tack. Oh, tick. Tick. Can you do it one tick at a time? I'm telling you, you can go to heaven that way. You don't have to worry about next Saturday. Next month. Let it take care of itself. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And he told me, I'm going to give you peace. Like nobody else can give you. Sounds pretty, someone else put it this way. By the yard, life is hard. By the inch, life's a cinch. Come on, let's just go. One tick at a time. All too often we allow ourselves to be overwhelmed by our problems. We lose our perspective. I'm closing. We think to ourselves it's the end of the world, and I can assure you it's not. Tomorrow the sun's going to rise again, and you're going to have something to eat, and the birds will be singing, the flowers will be blooming, you'll have something to eat. I know that some of you will allow this message to go in one ear and out the other. I wonder sometimes if it's in the genes, the need to worry. But I want you to be delivered from that. Because God is with us. Brother Randy, if you'll help me. I read something recently about our Jewish friends. This is neat. One of the stereotypes about Jews is that they worry a lot. That's what he said. I didn't put much stock in that, but a book written by author Arnie Plotkin titled 14,000 Things for Jews to be Happy About. He wrote a book. And Plotkin amassed this amazing list of things for Jews to be happy in order to brighten the mood of his constitutionally worry-prone people. The book, which was marketed through the temple bookstores, was a commercial failure. It it failed, but later achieved success under a new title, 14,000 Things That Could Go Wrong. (laughs) And they bought it by the droves. It appears that many Jews would rather worry than find reasons to be happy. Go figure. But many Christians are like that as well. Why be happy when I can worry? I heard a man sing one time. Do, 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 I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to let you walk out of here thinking about it. We need to hear our Jesus speak a good Jewish word to our hearts. Shalom. Peace. 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 He's always there for us with his arms open wide. Cast your cares on him. He cares for you. Is the normal he cares for you tonight? Suffering from your dad's passing. He cares for me three years later. My mom's passing. 
Sister Nava, he cares for you. Just lost your mama not long ago. He cares for us. He cares for us. It's just the way he is. The Lord can't help himself. He's in love with his creation. <laughs> he loves us. He loves us. And he wants you to have a peaceful mind. A peaceful mind. Somebody came to me the other day and I never, I never try to preach things that happen at church, but I was approached at a church not long ago. And somebody said, Pastor, I said, I, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. I said, Can you give me just two seconds? I said, yes. So they told me, they said, when I lay down at night, when I lay down at night, all this stuff starts fogging my mind and I can't, I can't find peace to go to sleep. And I said, okay, okay. This is going to be real deep what I'm going to tell you. I said, okay. They said, what do I need to do? I said, start thinking other things. There's so much good to think about. There's so much neat stuff to think about. Folks, I remember when this church was progressing from the little A-frame building to here. and We didn't think we'd ever get this building built. And then we built that building again, tore that little A-frame down and built that. And there's times that I would lay down at night and I'd say, God... I don't know how this is going to work. I can't figure all this out. And the Lord would say, you think I'm going to let you down? You think I'm going to let you down and you're building a church in my name? I'm going to let you down? And folks, guess what? We've never missed a payment. We've never run short. We've never had to say, oh God, send the fire trucks. We've never had to do that because a long time ago I went to sleep in the Lord. He said, my peace I give you. Not as the world gives, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. He is our God. Come on. God's going to let something happen. That payment's going to be made. That car note's going to be made. Those children are going to live for God. They're going to walk in white someday. They're going to live on the other side of the rainbow with you. We're going to heaven together. Somebody rejoice in that. It's all about a spirit of peace. He didn't put you here to leave you. He didn't teach you to swim to let you drown. He didn't build a home in you to move away. No, he didn't lift you up to let you down. He is a God. That says, my peace, my peace I give, not as the world gives. I'm going to give it to you. I want our prayer partners to come right quick. Come right quick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is peace in the time of struggle. There's peace in the midst of the storm. There is peace. There is peace. Oh, the world says you can't have it. There is peace. There is peace. There is peace. It's just precious moments preaching. That's all it is. Just precious moments. 
It's not trying. It's not trying to make you get beside yourself with joy. It's just precious moment preaching. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Nobody like him. I want everyone to stand if you wouldn't bow your head and close your eyes just a moment. It's just a little past 830. We've got a little time for prayer here tonight. Dear Father, in the name of the Lord, I come to you. I call on you. And I thank you for the good things. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.